Welcome back to another episode of Caps Off by the Game Day. We've brought in our fantasy expert, another special guest. We got Faraz of Upper Hand Fantasy. Welcome what's up? What's here. up? Welcome back here. Fantasy so, God. So happy to be back. Yeah. There's only look, one person on there that rips more money. I am, man. I like you, you missed guys. missed us a bit or what? <laughs> what's up? You missed us? Hell yeah, dude. I was hoping that I would get the, the text from you, Felipe, and uh, I got it, and I looked at it, and I was like, all right, cool. You're I, I, I did not mess up the first time. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm happy about. Hey, that's, all, that's all that matters. <laughs> Your videos went off on TikTok. I don't know if you saw, but I they, were, they were like half a million each for like overvalued, undervalued. Gee, where you want to People grab. love. I, so we I, had to run it back. I did not see that. Oh, they've gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, I got to look at that after this. Yeah, 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 we'll show you. But if yeah, you, people love mocks. People love fantasy, you know. You love fantasy specifically. I, I do love fantasy. I'm just not a mock guy, you know. End of the day, just not a mock guy. I'm a, gu- I'm a gut guy. When I go when I go into the into the real draft, you just gotta feel it. See, know? but you can't do that because yeah. then when that clock starts going down, you're like ten seconds of drafting, you're like panicking. Yeah, yeah. No, I if think, you're not I think, ready to go, I think bro, I panicked drafted fucking mocks. Melvin Gordon last year or some shit like that. I panicked drafted. Yeah, then you lose your league. Fuck that. Hey, I almost won last year. That's the last thing you can do. Maybe like the later rounds you could do that, but in, in yeah, fantasy, it was, it was these a late first round five play. rounds you need to know every single variable. You got to know where you're going with it and, and who to pick. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. Huh. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of, we've gone a week, uh, a week into training camp. I'm kind of curious, like, what are some of your biggest takeaways from week one of training camp from um, a fantasy perspective? Yeah, no, for sure. You know, I, I think what I look for in training camp is, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of highlights and that sort of thing, sure. you know, especially like non-padded practices. You're yeah. going to see like, you know, like bombs and stuff like that. And But what I like to look for is like the roles, right? Like, what are the roles looking like? You know, is somebody who is expected to be a big part of the offense, are they a big part of the mm-hmm. offense? Like, I'll give you an example, like Dalton. Kincaid, for example, on mm. the Bills, oh, right? Yeah. You know, guy. as a rookie tight end coming into the league, you, you're not, you shouldn't be super optimistic because yeah. rookie tight ends rarely have a big impact. Right. Um, but, mm. you know, they drafted him for a reason. Mm. They needed another wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And over the, la- over the first week, it seems like he is, there's no training wheels on mm-hmm. right now. He is part of the offense through and through, the first team offense with Josh Allen. And Josh Allen is targeting him. Mm-hmm. God, that gives um, me hype, bro. <laughs> Football's <laughs> bad. Oh, you have a dynasty? Yeah, I do have a dynasty. I do too. I traded up for him, actually. There you go. All right, all right. So, so I, did, I did not know that full disclosure. I didn't know you had him on your dynasty team. So I'm glad <laughs> we, that. We both got it. <laughs> so, uh, and then you, you see someone like Gabe Davis, who's not being targeted mm. as much over the first few practices, right? So, you know, to me, that seems like, all right. I wasn't buying in into like this first year Dalton Kincaid mm-hmm. thing, but now looking at something like that, I'm like, all right, you know, I can potentially buy in at the right price, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because of the fact that they're going to probably use him as like a slot wide receiver. Right. I say, is he Are basically talking- the number two target there in Buffalo? It, 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 it's very possible that that's the case. Now, I was a little concerned because like maybe he'll like rotate with Dawson Knox a little bit, especially yeah, in the passing game. Yeah. A big thing with tight ends is like, all right, how what's the percentage of routes that you're running? The passes that you're running a route on, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's right. huge. Right. 75%, 80% is usually that threshold. Um, rookie tennis rarely see anything mm-hmm. close to that, uh, especially when you have a, a guy like Dawson Knox who's already getting paid. He has a huge contract, right? But it's it seems like over the first few days, um, that is not going to be the case. It seems like Dalton Kincaid is going to be a big part. God, so are we, talking, are we talking tight end one finish for him? Top 10? It, it's 12? possible. You know, I have him ranked like right outside my top 10. Like I have him mm-hmm. like a 12, top 12, actually like 14 or something like that. But, you know, with the expectations that he has, a, you know, uh, a, his upper range of outcomes is like yeah. pretty high. It could be like tight end seven, tight end eight on the season potentially. See, that's why I love Dynasty because like I drafted <laughs> this dude obviously like long term, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you pair him with Josh Allen, the prospect of that is awesome. And then you think about Dawson Knox, so you're not really hyped about this year per se. 
Uh, but then For you sure. start getting seeing training camp, and it's like this dude could really do something Ooh. this year. You're like, oh man, I'm really that good at, at being a GM. I don't know. <laughs> but if we're able to talk about like draft capital for running backs, we should hold that same value for tight ends. And I feel like how many tight ends in the last five years have actually been drafted in the first round? And you've taken flyers on them. Kyle Pitts, people drafted like crazy. Now it didn't pan out. But you should well, yet, those still shots. Going to, yeah, yet, yet. Yeah, I say yet. But, but what I'm he saying, hasn't had one good quarterback. I'm saying in yet, year really. one. You are going to draft someone yeah, because yeah, yeah. of the, the variables that are surrounding these tight ends regardless. And Dalton Kincaid is the type of guy on an offense with Josh Allen, even though they have a Dawson Knox, who they went and got in the first round. So there's clearly yeah. a, a want to get him the ball, right? Like, it's not yeah, just totally, a need, totally, it's a want. Totally, totally, totally. So when I look at Dalton Kincaid or I look at the tight ends in general, if you don't get Travis Kelsey in the first, I'm waiting, personally. Unless yeah. you get you want to target a Dallas Goddard or a Pat Fryermuth like, in the seventh round or something right. if they fall. But outside of that... This is a great year to take flyers on tight ends, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I hear that. And, and, and if you're not going to grab one of those elite tight ends, like, you know, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews. Like, I think last time I came on this podcast, um, I wasn't too high on TJ Hawkinson. But, like, like as, I've, as I've looked into it a little bit more, because my opinions changed so much from, mm -hmm. like, May, like, April to May to June to July yep. to August, because, like, I'm just, like, looking at more stuff. And, like, the more time you have, the more data you have and then the more you know, I'm, I'm i make sure my opinions change if the data changes mm -hmm. if everything i see changes so like dj hawkinson sure. now i'm like all right now i'm putting him into that into that tier mark andrews same thing potentially much more pass heavy offense um but yeah no i agree i, I pat firemuth is a name that you know i like in the, in the ninth round like he's the guy that i think could potentially take a leap and, and really out outscore his adp and then you got the flyers later on right mm -hmm. like we talked about conco last time greg dulcich sean payton loves him mm -hmm. he talks about him as his joker player so there's a few guys later on and like and your, and your boy man another training camp winner jake ferguson mm. okay jake shout ferguson out. Shout not schoolmaker not schoolmaker schoolmaker is hurt right now okay and i plantar my, fasciitis but we talked about this yesterday yeah, no, you're yeah. right you're right no, you're absolutely you know, football's bad. in my opinion like i don't i didn't think he was gonna be a big factor anyway like i was on the jake ferguson train since dalton schultz left yeah, yeah. and i just think that you know he's gonna be the guy running a route on almost every single drop back with dak prescott we know dak loves his tight ends so he he's you know jake ferguson is not being drafted anywhere right now mm. um he's only being drafted if you know about him uh, you know in the last round of best ball drafts or even in your regular draft like you know if you if you, if you punted tight end completely and you like you're just stacking running backs and wide receivers and upside guys and then you're like wait i don't have a tight end mm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that happens sometimes yeah. you know because you, you you'll see the talent at running back and these yeah. slowly sleepers Jake Ferguson is probably like the last round tight end you can get who can actually potentially finish as a tight end one this year. Damn. You know, it's Ooh. it's funny. Yeah, that's a big claim too. I mean, but Dallas Cowboys play with Dak. Of course, you're going to potentially finish as tight end one, you know. But well, you've always said Dalton Schultz was a product of Dak. So that's what I was. I, that's I, what I was and I actually agree with that. That's what I was yeah. about to get at is like a lot of these times, you know, the tight end production is just predicated off the quarterback. So like even when you go back to like Aaron Rodgers in his years with the Packers, mm. So many tight ends had good years with the Packers, mm -hmm. but they leave Green Bay and they never really have that kind of success. So I think it's the same thing with uh, with the Cowboys, where you have Jake or you have Dalton Schultz last year, pretty good. A lot of people thought he was actually that good. Like I doubt he's gonna. I don't know what you think about his outlook this year in Houston. It yeah. might be okay. I, 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 you know, I thought he was a product of Dak and, and Kellen Moore. That's yeah. what I thought. So yeah. now with Kellen Moore going to uh, L.A., I think that you know Gerald Everett is somebody that I'm, I'm thinking about. Like, oh, okay, well, is he gonna? 
make Gerald Everett run a route on almost every drop mm. back now. You know, they have a couple yeah. of other tight ends who are, you know, athletic tight ends and stuff like that behind Everett. Will that be the case? So now we're just in Everett. Like, okay, is a pass first offense? Is yeah. that going to play out in LA as well? It's too many mouths to feed in LA, in my opinion. To yeah, man, it's true. But I think they're going to definitely lead the league in targets. Uh, one future bet that I'm, I'm doing is like, you know, most passing yards, like for Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yeah. You know, it's at like plus 500 or something like that. Just so, all right. That. Yeah. yeah um, so. We were talking about training camp, and obviously, one major thing happened, which is Joe Burrow's injury. So because of Joe Burrow's injury, are you slightly concerned or even remotely concerned about Jamar Chase and drafting him at his ADP right now? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, this is like a norm for Joe Burrow at this point. Like, he yeah, always hurt. misses training camp. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like last year, he had the uh, appendectomy, mm. right? I'm, I'm, I said that right. Good word. He had that, and he missed almost all of training camp. And I think his first, I, I, I had it. I, had I think a, he missed the entire training camp. He missed the entire yeah, training yeah, camp, and then he came back, like, super late in August. So it's like... What's the point? He's been in the system for like four years mm -hmm. now, yeah. right? Uh, he's playing with he's playing with Jamar Chase forever, like you know, back to college. You know, not a new weapon. And last year with Joe Burrow missing that like, entire training camp, mm -hmm. as you said, Chase went on in week one, 10 catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown. So, <laughs> so, no, matter what, so no matter what you're drafting, Jamar so Chase. So Chase, I'm not moving him down at all. Yeah. You know, I'm confident in him. Yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> okay, sure. You want to take... You know, if you have him ranked number two to Justin Jefferson, you want to take Cooper Cup over him because of this. Sure. Like mm. they're all in for me, they're in the same tier. So it's like, you know, if you makes him it makes you more comfortable. But then Cup also has his, you know, small risks as well. So it's like, you know, it, it, for me personally, it doesn't matter. So it's tier, it's tier one, Jettas, Chase and Cup. I think so. You got to add Tyreek in there too. I would. I think I would agree yeah. with you. I, I think I'm one of the few people who actually put Tyreek in there, and I, I'm glad you yeah. agree. Um, I, I do put Tyreek in that tier. I think it's the, the, the those those top. I think I kind of put Jefferson in his own tier, like kind of like okay. tier one A almost, yeah. and then those other three guys in, in, in a separate tier. I don't. There's a part of me that just doesn't like. I don't agree with that because yeah. I feel like Justin Jefferson. The biggest issue I have with Justin Jefferson, the biggest issue I have with fantasy in general, is drafting someone at their ceiling. Mm -hmm. So Jettis is a guy that's one one pretty consent. You know, pretty consensus around the the entire fantasy uh, landscape is that he's the one one. The problem with drafting at the one one is you can pretty much get very similar value, same production out of a Cooper Cup, out of a Jamar Chase, out of a Tyree Kill, and potentially even more, just because without Adam Thielen there now, the coverage is going to be blanketing him a little bit more. So for me, I I, I don't think Jettis nah, is in Addison, his own tier. Addison gonna be nice. Uh, I, I don't think Jettis is like but I, but one A and the rest are one B. Like you can get I'll, if it's Jettis Cooper Jettis at one one or Cooper Cup Tyreek or Jamar Chase like two through six. I'm taking. I guess two I would two say two. that's that's why I never want to yeah, draft first I, overall this year. I agree. Hell no. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I think. I would rather have like the 104 and the, or maybe even yes. the 105 because like I'm actually okay with Christian McCaffrey following to me too, right? So it's like oh, yeah. those five guys, like I'm fine with any of those picks because, and obviously the closer you are mm. to the middle of the round, like your, your next pick is coming yeah, sooner. Yeah, I, right? I like having a, a better second round pick, an earlier second round pick, yeah. than have, trying to maybe get a Jettis who can end up being the same. There's a lot of seventh. There's a lot of running back value in the second round this year. Um, and, and, you know, obviously there's a lot of running back stuff going on right now. Mm, yeah, um, talk about it. And, like, you know, all these running backs. It's almost like, you know, what running back do you even feel comfortable with early, right? It's, it's really hard. The one that's paid. <laughs> I just tweeted out <laughs> right. on, on our way over here. It was like, you expect me to draft a running back and picks like 6 through 12, like in this yeah. economy? Like, absolutely <laughs> fucking not. There's no running yeah. back at job, all. Dude. Thanks, man. It was, it was, I liked it. It was, it was a good joke. It was, Biden's economy, you know? Nice, but, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, out of the top four wide receivers in fantasy, right? The tier one guys, Jettis, Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase. Who has the best upside or, or the highest ceiling and the lowest floor? Like, what is the range of outcomes for those tier one wide receivers? And 
you know, what, because you, you mentioned Jettis being the guy that, you know, is the 1A and mm -hmm. in a tier of his own, but do you want to take him at the 1-1? We were just talking about a little bit, or like, wh who do you feel the best about in that tier one? Jettis? Um, yeah, he, he is the, one the, he one. Is the given, one. Given where they're being taken. Yeah, no, he, he is, I, I, I get, you know, it's a fair point, but I think that like, you know, when you're drafting that high, like there's not that much breathing room regardless with any of these guys. Mm. But I do agree that any four of those wide receivers have the the ability and almost like near equal ability to be the overall wide receiver mm. one this year. So I'm with you. Like if I'm drafting the 104, I'm happy because like I got somebody like Tyreek Hill, for example, who can easily finish as the wide uh -huh. receiver one this year. He led the league in yards per route run. He, you know, he had the, the so many big plays last mm. year. Um, Jalen Waddle like could regress this year a little bit based on his opportunity last year. Only 20% target share, you know, not as good. He overperformed mm. on his opportunity last year because he's a, Pretty good player, yeah. obviously. But, you know, that could come down. But because of that, Tyreek Hill could potentially take even a further step. So, you know, I, I'm with you, man. Like, I, I, I like taking those guys a little bit later just because of the fact that, like, like you said, like you can get a, a better second-round pick right, yeah. potentially. So who has the safest floor, though? Because I feel like you were indicating towards the fact that Jettis might have the highest ceiling. But if you're going to take that, if you're gonna, you don't want to take a guy at his ceiling. And so maybe like the combination of ceiling and floor like is like better. Floor? I actually well, think I, the highest ceiling, if if I'm even answering, I think the highest ceiling is still Cooper Cup, because Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase at least over Jettis is yeah, the if highest. Stafford ceiling. is fully healthy, and he's just gonna. Feed that graphic that, that you posted, ninety-two percent of the time, Cooper Cup has more than what twenty fantasy points yeah, or something. Crazy. Like yeah. to me, that we we. We forget who he is when healthy with that. I, I actually Stafford. think the highest ceiling among all these guys is Jamar Chase because yes. uh, Joe Burrow hasn't reached his potential yet. Yes. Right? Mm. Joe Burrow, he, he hasn't. Has, has Joe Burrow thrown for 40 touchdowns yet? I, I, I don't, don't, I don't, I don't think so. Um, so, you know, there's that upside. You know that Joe Burrow hasn't reached his potential. Once he does and Jamar Chase is actually healthy oh. for a full season because he wasn't last year, yeah, right. right? So he already got to like 80 catches last year and he, he missed like four games so mm. or, or even more. So... You know, for me personally, Jamar Chase and that connection that they have, they, they're not even close to, I think, reaching what he's, he's capable of. Now, I do think the floor conversation, I do think Justin Jefferson has the safest floor among all these guys. Yeah. Extremely high target share. Yeah. Um, he is the guy, pass first offense. Yeah. Uh, T. Higgins could take a little bit of a, away from uh, Jamar Chase mm -hmm. at times. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I think Jamar Chase has the highest ceiling. Tyreek Hill, obviously as well, but he has you know he has a really good wide receiver behind him as well. But Jamar Chase, to me, man, like you know that connection that they have, starting from his rookie year, yeah, you know Justin Jefferson had a good rookie year mm -hmm. too, but it wasn't anything close to Jamar Chase's mm -hmm. rookie year, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Jamar Chase had an even better rookie year than he did. So that's like it's crazy to think that. Joe Burrow hasn't even had like an MVP type season yet. If he does, Jamar Chase is exactly he's going off. Hundred yeah. percent. So yeah. of those top four, of those elite top four wide receivers in fantasy, do you think Jamar Chase is the guy most likely to finish as the overall wide receiver one? No, I think they have a near equal chance to finish as a wide receiver mm. one this year. Um, I, I I really do. Now, if Joe Burrow takes that big step forward, then yeah, I I do think that he might have a little bit of an edge over all those guys. Because at the end of the day, out of all these guys we're talking about, you know, Jamar Chase has the best quarterback. Yep. That's also true. I think Tyreek's also another guy because with two missing time, when Tyreek well, was... Oh, because the sleeve. sleeve the, the arm, arm sleeve at two a half. Yeah, I don't know. It's, you have to think I'm about that. I'm just saying. I, 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 have, I, I have been paying attention 
uh, to, to that narrative that you guys have been putting out there oh, yeah. with the with the tribal tattoo. What do you think? Um, and I agree. Us, I fully yeah. agree. Um, I think that now that Tua has that tattoo, he he showed the world that he's willing to endure. Oh, and now that's a lot of pain, you know. And now he's he's he cannot get concussions anymore. So it's actually uh, that's how it works. It's basically you know? a force field. Yep. Yeah, one hundred percent. So <laughs> it's about one hundred percent. So I think he's gonna he's gonna go off this year because of that. Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. So two a QB one. I, I got to throw that into my fantasy analysis, into yeah, my yeah. draft kit. So like, yeah. I, I think that's, you know, maybe you're not analyzing tattoos, offseason tattoos. Well, that's Dak's leg sleeve. Yeah. That's, 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 that's advanced yeah. analytics. That's what we bring at the Cavs yes. pocket is advanced yeah. analytics that no one else has. People don't realize that's a, that shows me that you got confidence in yourself, right? If not only that, if you just put it on the arm, but you put it into the pectoral muscle, what we talked about yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know what else does? He's modest. He doesn't want to show it off. He didn't show it off all offseason, right? He was really hiding it. He's a very modest, humble guy. You know, good leader, and then. Teasing it, which kind of guy that. you want? Yeah. Um, I've, I know we've been you talking about wide receivers huh? for for a lot for a long time, but I'm I'm curious in that second round of wide receivers. I guess you could put Stefan Diggs in there, but he's going in the first of the yeah. second round wide receivers. Who has the best outcome to finish as an overall wide receiver one? Uh, as the overall, overall. I, oh, that's a good question, man. I would say, um, and I think Devonte has to be in that tier. He is in that tier. So, the, so the the guys that I'm thinking about right now is Devonte Adams, Garrett Wilson, and Amara St. Brown. You Those, put Waddle and Chris Olave. I feel like in there too, or no? Chris Olave. I, I think they're like, like. I think they're in like the next tier. Okay. Um, and I, th I even put Waddle in the tier after that. <clears throat> I would say Olave is has a higher chance of finishing top five on the season than Jalen oh, Waddle I does. I, um, I think Olave is just going to have an amazing year. Like his rookie year was underrated. He has one of the, he had one of the best rookie years of all time mm, uh, in terms of efficiency. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think target share, air yard share, all that was there. Like he was up there with like Devonta Adams with a lot of these yeah. numbers. So I, I, I do think that, you know, he has, he's, I would put him in like that right there in that next tier. But yeah, yeah. with those three guys that I mentioned, you know, Garrett Wilson, you know, he has that ability right now because he had an amazing rookie year similar to Chris Olave. But, mm. He's Aaron Rodgers now, yeah, right? And like, and I don't know if you guys have seen like how they've been looking they, in yeah. camp. Oh, oh, I yeah. mean, come on, dude! Like, it's they crazy. are the connection is real. Yeah. Yeah. We saw what he did with you know with Devonte Adams. Yeah, Obviously, facts. you know he was able to do it with Derek Carr. But at the end of the day, when you match a really really good quarterback with a mm -hmm. very good wide receiver, facts. second year wide receiver, you know they can go off. Now, the reason why Garrett Wilson, I think, has a better chance than Amon Ross St. Brown is because Amon Ross is not really targeted downfield. downfield yep. That's the problem, right? Like, he could be a PPR monster, and I think mm. he'll still finish as a wide receiver one. Mm. Um, and I have him ranked around, like, wide receiver 10-ish, 9-ish. Uh, but Garrett Wilson, especially in half PPR leagues, I'd rather have Garrett Wilson than Amon Ra because of the fact that he's targeted more downfield. He's better out for the catch. Um, there's a lot. He's a lot more dynamic, right. I would say, than Amon Ra. I see. And I think Aaron Rodgers just one year removed from that, from back-to-back -back MVPs. He's still that dude. Like, obviously, a little worse last year. Mm -hmm. Somewhat of a weird offense last year, mm -hmm. and obviously there was a lot of uh, stuff going on. Well, you know, Christian Watson was banged up for the whole first half of the year, right? Like yeah. he wasn't there. And as soon as Christian Watson came back, you know, his numbers different, yeah. were a lot better. Um, and he didn't have Devonte Adams, and Romeo Dubs was okay. banged up half of the year as well, right? So there's yeah. a, there's a lot there was a lot going on, and his OC wasn't there. Uh, right. Nathaniel Hackett was in Denver, Facts. you know, ruining that franchise. And, and now yeah. he's back. Um, you know, they're back together. And he was, those two back-to-back -back MVP, MVP seasons was with Hackett. So Facts. he's back in his happy place right now. Like, he just looks like a happy dude. Like, that ayahuasca, like, definitely changed his life. So um, he talks about that. a lot of people's lives. Yeah, 100%. And he's I, like a spokesperson for that shit now. Dude, <laughs> he, he, looks, he looks really happy. Like, I'm a Jets fan, so I'm really paying attention. And like, I'm just yeah, like, oh, this yeah. guy is, this guy's just happy. Rating just so, <laughs> so I'm surprised to hear I'm that a, you I absolutely, I'm surprised to hear that you absolutely hate CD Lamb. 
I don't. You? Wait, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean? Where, well, he's you get not that in from? that next tier. Oh, you know what? Um, that is my fault. He yeah, is yeah. in that tier. Well, I, yeah, I, actually, CeeDee Lamb is in the tier <laughs> above them. I would say. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb is like that, like uh, that one-two turn. There you go. Like that's okay. where I have him. I have him ranked like in that AJ Brown tier. Got it. Got I, it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always like undecided, and whenever I'm like redoing my rankings. It's CD Ram, uh, CD Lamb, AJ Brown. I keep flipping them. Yeah. I have AJ Brown like one spot above uh, CD right now, but like they're they're right there. He's not in that second round tier for me. That's He's to me. Nice. That's why I want to be late in the first because I want to try and I want to hope that like a Tyreek or Cooper Cup potentially falls and then, and then get, get a AJ, CD yeah. or an AJ. That's not like, gonna happen, dude. That's not gonna happen. I like, disagree. You're not gonna be able to get Cooper Cup. Like who are people taking over Cooper Cup? You think you think people are gonna choose, or, okay, choose running so backs? Take out Cooper Cup out of the situation. Tyreek could easily fall to the seventh pick. I don't seventh pick, sure, maybe. Oh, is, like, is that I what you mean? Like, oh, okay. Like I, 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 I thought even, you meant like like later. Like, I haven't even, so, even done a mock. I know he's not so going to double digits. So at the tenth pick, if Stefan Diggs is there, and then Diggs four, can be there. I four think. spots later, I get to pick a CD Lamb or something, or even an AJ Brown. I'm all for it. Then you win. Yes, that's the trophy is yours. Is that, that's what I'm. That's what I'm implying here. Is that the, and we talked. We talked about this last time too, right? Like when you get closer to the turn, you can potentially get those two elite wide receivers yeah, too. And you if, if you, steal both. I mean, if you, and there are some running backs, like there are a lot of running backs throughout the draft where you can kind of like, you know, you just get a little, Damian Pierce late. Yeah, you can like pick that. these guys, you know, and you can potentially, you know, like get something working because all you got to do is just pick that one running back that everyone's been sleeping on that like, all right, boom. Like you got yourself a high end RB2 here out of nowhere when yeah, you picked yeah. him as like a top you know, uh, outside the top 24, right? Those guys, those guys are there. Yeah, and you got like two, uh, two bona fide wide receiver ones at that point. You're like, all right, we're exactly. Just, I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather create that floor with my wide receivers. But we talked about running backs. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor news is going crazy. What's the best fantasy landing spot for Jonathan Taylor? Oh, man, it's not the Colts. Uh, you know, I would say that because, yeah, you know, I'm a little bit concerned with, totally. well, first of all, that hey, situation Rich. is not good, right? Like, I, I don't love, I, I don't love, uh, you know, having disgruntled running backs on my fantasy team. However, I would say, like, if we were to get moved, I think Miami would be ideal, right? Um, as a Jets fan, that pains me to say that because I, I wouldn't, uh, first of all, why do you hate the Jets? The Jets didn't do anything fan. to you. Um, yes, they did. Yeah, but they didn't do anything but to I, that's you. What, so I never understand why you hate the here's Jets because they don't do shit. Said. So I have a lot of friends that are from New York okay. and we've always, both of us, the Dolphins and the Jets have been terrible. So it's this competition of who's going to be the first <laughs> team to like actually be really, really good. Well, the Jets already were that. The Jets made the AFC Championship of like 10 years ago. Yeah, Twice. the Dolphins won the division in 08, and I'll take my my. Y'all never wins. ever competed though. The Jets were fucking good, right? But we've been asked for the last ten years. So they've been asked for the last ten years. So who's going to be better? better uniforms. That's it. Eh. Okay, now I understand. Now I understand. We've been better. It's an irrational okay. hatred. No, no, it's it's, ra- I, I, and it's rooted. I, it's in actually rational now because the Jets have been better. You, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. No, the Jets have been better. For okay. Sure. Like I hate the I'm Jets sorry. more than I hate the Patriots. <laughs> What? Gotcha, gotcha. It makes sense. I mean, as a Jets oh, you fan, you guys own the Patriots, low key. That's true. As a Jets fan, I hate the Patriots way more. Obviously, like, yeah. like, uh, like they've been. That's number know. one. Either. Anyway, what, what were we talking? Oh, so, so back to Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> so I think Miami would be a great landing spot. Obviously, Dalvin Cook. Any good running back who lands in Miami is it would be awesome because, like, listen, Devon A. Chain, like, he's super talented. Yeah. But yes, if Jonathan Taylor lands there, mm. if Dalvin Cook lands there, they're going to be like the RB one there in yeah. all situations. And, you know, they would be top 12. I mean, Jonathan Taylor would probably be, like, a top four running back for me. Not only that is wherever Jonathan Taylor goes, maybe whoever, whatever coach is coaching him will give him some targets. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he needs. And mm, Anthony yeah. Richardson, the likelihood that that happens there is lot, a lot less. Yeah, he's not because he's a, off. He's going to – he'd rather run the ball, right? Um, same thing at the goal line. I'm worried about that, too. So, I think Miami's good. 
Um, I think uh, the Bears low key. Yeah. Um, you know, oh you guys are talking yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. So Bears God. low key, just because like there's a huge competition there, but there's nobody that's like you know just gonna stand out right in that backfield right now. I'm a fan of Roshan. Um, I think Khalil Herbert's nice. like a little. He's nice. Like people sleeping on him a little bit. He's good value, um, just because of how efficient he was last year. But you know, Jonathan Taylor would just fit right into that. Oh, RB1 he'd be so nice. I, imagine the running lanes that Jonathan Taylor would have with uh, Justin Fields. You know uh, what I mean? It's, it's gonna be nuts. So all I'm hearing is anywhere but Indianapolis is the best landing spot. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, with Justin Fields there, obviously you have similar concerns yeah, about like, you know, dump offs and also because Jonathan Taylor isn't like that, you know, DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, where like you have to get them the him the ball in space like as a receiver, right? Mm -hmm. That's not super necessary. It, no coach has ever you know prioritized that for him, right? Um, so he's just like a dump off guy, I would right. say. I, I didn't think that he was the guy coming in like when he came into the league, but it, over the last few years, it kind of proved to be true. Just, just from like a football perspective, I'm thinking right now of like all the concepts the Bears could run with Justin Fields, DJ Moore. I mean, from a football perspective, we want to see, I still want to see JT and Indy. Like, Fantasy wise, I get it, but like football perspective, oh, I'd, you, I'd, I'd way rather see Chicago. Chicago, that would be because you're fully talking from a fantasy perspective. JT to Chicago would be sex. Totally, that would be yesterday so. Yesterday we were talking nice. about football, and today we're talking about fantasy. But what the reason I don't want to see him in Indianapolis, and the reason I'd rather see him in Chicago is because I, regardless of fantasy, I'd rather see him with Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson. I don't want to wait because Jonathan Just Taylor's in his prime right now, is and he? Anthony Richardson's going to yeah. need a lot of time to develop, and I don't want to wait for that shit. So as a football fan, I want to see something more exciting. And Justin Fields is a guy that can take that next leap right now. And I want it to happen. I would I be know. worried about A-Rich if uh, JT were to get moved, right? Because, like, they're going to depend on Jonathan no Taylor. Yeah. And exactly. Point. And, like, you know, Anthony Richardson needs, you know, to for his team to depend on the running back and not him, Thanks. right, in year one, right? And I think JT would help him, you know, kind of get acclimated to the game a lot mm. easier and all that. So that would be a little concerning. Yeah, having that star running back helps set up the pass for Anthony Richardson yeah. too. At the end right. of the, day, like the other part to the Jonathan Taylor situation, why I wouldn't want to see him in Indians, I think if he gets traded, he actually has an opportunity to help the running back market from a financial standpoint, going to a place where he can carry a load that shows how successful he can be with a better team. So like in Indianapolis, but what he it, just had a, the, one of the best seasons we've seen from. But a the, if back Indianapolis, <laughs> if he goes off and Indianapolis isn't winning any games, then it's also still hurting the running back. But they didn't win any games with him last year. I agree with you. I'm saying if he goes to Chicago so, and he okay. puts up 1,300, 1,400 rushing yards, and they end up having a they, they overperform, the division, you're like, holy fuck, game. we might actually have to pay the running back a lot more. Like uh, it, it helps. So you're saying that you want a running back to be part of a success story for a team, correct? So that. You know, it, this will be a good look for running backs Correct. around the country. I think that I running you. back, the only way to begin the conversation of running backs getting paid is if a running back can show outside he of Saquon Barkley, he is the difference maker in making a playoff run. Now, Derrick Henry? Yeah, but Derrick Henry. Ezekiel Elliott many times? But that's, that's years ago, proven, bro. No, but it did not, because how far did the Cowboys go with Zeke? That's what I'm saying. You think that you think the Bears with Jonathan Taylor would win a Super Bowl? No, no that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying <laughs> is Derrick Henry is the only is the outlier in the situation. If there's more running backs, well, that how? Can take them, what do you mean? In the last couple of years, how far had running backs <laughs> on, good, on teams gone? I mean, like, Derek, Derek Henry is the Titans the last He season. is the Titans. I, I think that's Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb or Baker Mayfield. Obviously, there was the Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but still. I, I think that's the, that's the point, right? The point is here is that, like, you know, we want these running backs to make a bigger impact than they are, right? Yeah. And it's like, is it going to happen, right? And I think we've already had, like, a huge sample size of it not happening, right? And, and, it, and it sucks for the running back market, yes. right? It's just, like, an unfortunate thing, but it's like – you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it, right? It's like the when you replace a, a starting running back 
on a good team, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. You replace a star, like look at Joe Mixon last year. Mm -hmm. yeah. You replace Joe P. Mixon Ryan. with Samaj P. Ryan. The Bengals didn't lose a beat. Not at uh, all. You know, and like that's going to happen, right? And, and you know, if you don't have a franchise quarterback, like the Giants, for example, you, they have, okay, look, Giants yeah. fans are going to get mad. Yeah. But, you know, uh, in, in my opinion, like they don't. But yeah. they have something that they ended up paying because they didn't. Right. Um, now, Saquon is a huge going to be a huge part of their success story if they 100%. win. But I think that they're going to go as far as Daniel Jones takes them. Of course. Right? And sure. not necessarily how far Saquon takes them. He'll they be a big part. A huge production. But, like, it's really going to be on Daniel Jones' shoulders. Like how how often have you seen, like, a running back go off and actually win a team a game? Yeah. But that's, like, it's not It's a long that – was, that was a long time ago. Yeah. It's the, not the game right but now. But that's the hypothetical I'm playing. If the yeah. Giants last year were to go and, you know, make it to an NFC championship, again, purely hypothetical, you're going to point to Saquon Barkley as one of the major factors, if not the factor, yeah. as to why they got there. Jonathan Taylor is a guy from oh. a talent perspective, from an age perspective, that can go elsewhere and potentially show that on a better team. And that's all I'm saying. Until uh, then, but until also, running backs go elsewhere and prove their worth and can take a team to the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship, here's the thing, a lot of the they're teams, not, the market's not going to change. I disagree. A lot of the things one guy about, can't change that. A lot of, I would say a lot of teams we're talking about are already solid. Like Miami is already going to be good. If they had John Taylor, they're going to be a yeah. little bit better. Chicago this year is already probably going to win seven, eight games. They're going to be fine. If they get John Taylor, they might get to nine. Uh, yeah, I kind like, of feel like having these like really, really good running backs is almost a luxury. It is yeah, a luxury. It is. It's, 100%. it's like the 49ers didn't need Christian McCaffrey. No. They got him. It was awesome. Like right. he, It's a nice little gadget. But right. you saw like Elijah Mitchell going off there, Jeff Wilson, all yeah. the, Raheem Mostert, all these dudes. Like I just don't think it's necessary to have a star like it's that. It's not. And one person's not going to change the market, but we need one person to be able to begin to shift the market. And Bro, that's if anyone point. did that, it was Derrick Henry. If anyone could have done it, it was Derrick Henry, and he didn't do it. He's one person. Can we get another person? To bro, do what are you? You're saying we need one person to do it. <laughs> no, what are I'm you saying? saying? Henry, I'm saying Derrick yeah, Henry is the current outlier. I'm saying Derrick Henry is the current outlier. Can we get another? So then person? Jonathan Taylor will be the second outlier. Yeah, like saying that way, bro. We need it to happen more you... often. How do we get to happen? How do we? I get don't it to fucking happen know. Jonathan Taylor gets moved to a better team. That's my point. Adam, what you what you need to recognize is that the reason it doesn't happen often is because the game's just not built that way. So if there's an outlier, it doesn't mean the league's going to shift because of two outliers I'm not or three outliers. I'm not saying Felipe it's going to shift. I'm saying we need something to happen, a drastic right, change bro. to happen to and, try and, and have it and, shift. And it's like, will a will a team pay? what it takes to like get someone like Jonathan Taylor like in terms of draft capital right like a team is gonna have to like give up like uh, something legit like maybe a third rounder like mm -hmm. would you think a third rounder would get it done for a running back like Jonathan Taylor like that would Probably. be uh, a, a, I, I think it would be round. decent I think the Colts would entertain that especially if they think that it's over like the relationship's over between yeah. them and JT I don't know if they're they're there yet you know, but yeah, but Ursa is like a little like he's a little fucked like in the head. There. He's a little he's a little out there right now. You know, he's, I think uh, I think something <laughs> he's, he's a little psychiatric. Yeah, I think so. I don't know the, the, the tweets. Are, the tweets. Are the tweets this last the year have been out of pocket. The relationship like, kind of feels beyond. It, it does ending. at this point. It, it does, at this point it does because now JT is talking about like what are you talking about? I don't have a back injury. Like yeah. I don't know what I don't know what you guys are talking about. So yeah, no, I agree. The relationship has soured. We'll see what ends up happening. But as, as of right now, from a fantasy perspective, like I wasn't in on JT at his price. And, you know, I'm willing to take him if he falls like heavy. But, you know, I'm not going out of my way to grab him in fantasy drafts right What's now. What's his price right now? So he was going in the first round early on in the offseason. Mm -hmm. And now he's more like a like a 
like a maybe a mid second round pick. I don't I don't mind mid second though, but I guess if you don't yeah. really know what team he's going to be on. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah, I guess you know, but I think he's going to get the volume regardless of where he's at. You know, yeah, like facts. like there's no I don't know, I don't know what team in the league is going to like grab JT um, who's willing to pay for him and then not deploy him as like yeah, a, if you're a willing workhorse to pay for him, you're going to really yeah, use him. yeah. exactly. I also th- like I was looking at his his numbers, big cap guy. He's the twenty eighth highest paid running back this year. It's on a rookie deal. Yeah. yeah, he's on a rookie deal. But and I'm saying he's got still one. You know, this is he's four million dollars this year. You could pay him. You're going to end up tagging him next year anyways. You could lower that cap number and of give course. him a two year deal. Of course, not that bad. I don't know. Thank you for the cap. Yep. Give him a. <laughs> All right, we gotta get off this topic. Right? Um, you did mention Dalvin Cook. Yeah. We talked about Jets Dolphins. Yes. Obviously, it's between those two. Right. So if Dalvin Cook had to go to the Jets or the Dolphins, what's the better landing spot? Oh, Dolphins. Perspective? Dolphins, no doubt, because, you know, the Jets have Brees Hall already, right? Yeah, so, exactly. you know, they're going to share that load. I do think Dalvin Cook will be the 1A in that situation, especially early on, right? Dalvin Cook's not even – he's going to be back in a few weeks in training camp. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of interesting to me that uh, Javante Williams, you know, had the worst injury, and, like, he's back in camp. But he's limited, though. He's not, like, a full participant or anything. Though. But Brees Hall, you know, they're taking it slow with him right yeah, now. As and they should. As they should, I think. You know, bringing in Dalvin Cook would be huge – uh, just from a you know from a football perspective, because mm-hmm. you don't have to put everything on him, right? And yeah. you know if that ha- ends up happening, you know maybe like someone like Michael Carter can be on the move, right? right. They have running backs behind them. It's like what's Go the point of having someone like Michael Carter behind them, you know? Uh, but even Zonovan Knight, who even Zonovan Knight, decent, yeah, he led the league in uh, missed forced missed tackles last year. Um, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a percentage percentage basis, um, I don't know. That's just a random thought I had in my head. Yeah, that's but a random Jets fan stat, right? We there. have been talking about advanced analytics with the sleeves and everything, so that makes sense. Oh, do you have the sleeves? Do you have the sleeves? I threw them out this morning. Why would you throw them out? Because I got nineteen more at home. You brought a point. Some fake sleeves yesterday. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. yeah, we all wore. I like it. I like it. I like they it. Were, oh, they were real. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But Dalvin Cook going to the Jets. Do you bump Brees Hall down? You know, a couple. Yeah, yeah, you do have to, and I and I'll bump. Dalvin Cook up um, right. because I think the offense is going to be good. Yeah. You know, I you know we know that Aaron Rodgers likes to use running backs in the receiving game too. Dalvin nice. Cook has always been somebody who has been using the receiving game. Um, his efficiency has gone down a little bit, but at the end of the day, man, we see a lot of times with these like you know uh, running backs a little later in their careers. Mm. Having like a little bit of a resurgence, like maybe for a year mm-hmm. or maybe two, uh, with a better on a better team, right? It, we, it happens sometimes. I think he can end up doing that. I would rank him as like a low end RB one, uh, Dalvin Cook, if he okay. were to go to the Jets and oh wow, m- and maybe move Brees Hall down a little bit to like a low end RB two or something like that. Ooh, yeah, interesting. What about Miami? What, what would you? Oh, Dalvin Cook would be like a like yeah. Uh, you know, with the running back landscape the way it is and how shaky it is, like RB8, RB9. Ooh, Adam, Adam like, likes it'll be, that. It'll be up there. Yeah, I can see Any, it for sure. We love Dalvin. It's here, a great man. offense, we'll make, we'll make and he'll be fans. the guy. The, the, the biggest thing I love, and we've joked about Devon H, is it's Devon, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's your, I think it's, it's your running back. Yeah, it's no, I, well, I, Devin just is how my brain works. It's definitely it's not Devin, I don't think. Okay, whatever. Devon H is the type of guy that... Where he's going like the 11th round, 10th yeah. round right now. Like yeah. someone on that Dolphin Dolphins, the same way Jeff Wilson came in and was yeah. pretty damn productive. Like I'm taking any flyer on that Dolphins I'm, team. It's not because I'm a Dolphins fan. Um, I'm 100% with you. I'm in on Devon A-Chain at his price right now. But like, you know, Dalvin Cook would obviously hurt that. But at the end of the day, like you're not like losing that much. I think A-Chain will still get his touches. Uh, but at the end of the day, like Dalvin Cook is going to be the guy. However, if he doesn't go there... I think A-Chain could get 15 touches in that offense. Apparently, they're really deploying him in the receiving game as well. So if he's getting like, let's say he gets like four or five catches a game and like 10 carries. That is enough to be a high in RB2 on a good offense. Mm. He's not going to get goal line carries. Most likely Jeff Wilson, he's Mm -hmm. a bigger back there. But it kind of doesn't matter. As long as he's getting those receptions, he's going to be pretty good. Yo, what the fuck is so funny? 
Oh, oh, I, just, I, I just love talking about 11th round off, running back. First <laughs> off, he's going to be the greatest running back in NFL history. I can already see it. Behind, Deuce, Vaughn, behind Deuce Vaughn. Behind Deuce Vaughn. A chain is that fucking good. Second, we were laughing because you all, whenever you talk about the Dolphins, you're always like, this isn't because I'm biased or anything, but like, I truly believe yeah. you. Like, how are you going to believe it? It's not because you're biased, bro. Like, you you no, are biased. Just own it. It's I'm fine. Biased. Just say what you're going to say. I'm biased as fuck, too. Like. Yeah, but I have, the same way you knew Zodovan Knight, more, most forced missed tackles because you're yeah. biased and know the Jets. No, shit. he's just a fantasy just, guy. But I'm also, I know bro, the Dolphins offense. I know who's going to Devon A chain hasn't played one NFL snap. We don't know shit. Yeah, gonna be the Deuce he's Vaughn, but that dude, he's bringing him up yesterday as if he's the greatest. Well, dude, Deuce Vaughn's a little, little hamster. He's a little nah, muscle. Deuce, short King's Deuce draft. is nice, bro. Deuce we're doing is a nice. Short King's draft. Dude, I've seen those like videos that were put together. So it was, like, mean, it was so messed up, dude. Like the circus theme music. Oh, it was so like, mean. Come on, dude. Could you imagine? I'm like, that's the best running back in Kansas State nah, history, first of all. Could you imagine you had like, Bryce Young, Deuce Vaughn backfield? Oh, that'd be electric. Oh, what? Bryce Young hands it off to Deuce Vaughn. Oh, God, yeah. That'd be lit. One of the one of the videos on the uh, on that compilation that carousel or whatever was like that video of the little small guy on like the motorcycle and he just like flies off. Oh the, yeah, <laughs> oh, so funny. Man. That's terrible. So yeah. like wrapping up this training camp talk, yeah. um, in terms of just a quick hitter, stock up and stock down, leaving week one of training camp. Who are some of those guys that stocks rising, stocks falling? Uh, Darren Waller is like the guy in the on the Giants right now. Oh, so yeah. you got to move him up for sure. Uh, you know. Dow Jones has only been targeting him apparently in Damn. camp. He's a mismatch. The, the videos target? that you've been seeing, oh, it's like this dude is a man among boys right now. Oh, he is. Yeah. As long as he stays healthy, he could finish top four, even higher potentially as a tight end this year. I mean, if he's the um, only option there in New York, he the, can finish. They have like high. fourteen slot receivers, and they're going to play twelve personnel. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what insane. they're going to do there. Yeah, but they added the greatest slot receiver of all time, Cole Beasley. <laughs> People forget. <laughs> okay, okay. And so he's going to change uh, the game. He was nice with Brian Dable, you know, back and forth. Yeah, exactly. I I think Darren Waller. You know, could potentially you know go crazy I think this so year. Too, yeah. um, uh, James Cook, you know, he, his yeah, he is uh, he apparently has been the unquestioned RB one uh, yeah. throughout Bills camp so far. Um, he's going to be you know his his offensive corner call him a three down back. His GM call him a three down back, and I agree with that. Now there's a difference between three down and every down, right? I think we talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Every down meaning like you don't leave the field. Mm -hmm. I don't think James Cook is built like that. He's a you know smaller running back. However. I do think that he could play a role in all three downs, right? Be the primary passing down guy, but also get like 10 to 15 carries potentially too, maybe 12 carries a game in addition to all of the targets. Now, one interesting thing about James Cook is that Devin Singletary ran like the sixth or seventh most routes last mm. year, and he was targeted at one of the least rates in the NFL. Now, really? then Damn. the question becomes, all right, well, does Josh Allen just not check it down? Do they, does he not like targeting running backs? In my opinion, it always comes down to your personnel. Mm. You give the ball to who's going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Devin Singletary was that guy. James Cook was only behind Austin Eckler yeah, he was in targets per route run last year. Damn. Okay. So Jeez. if he's going to assume the sixth or seventh most routes run mm. among running backs next year, this year, he's gonna be targeted. then he's going to be targeted a whole lot. You wasn't, kind of extrapolate that wasn't out. Wasn't he also super efficient towards the back half of the year? Like he was one up there yeah. and like the top, I think it was like top 12 or something. Yards per route run, very efficient in the yeah. receiving game. Um, he was one of the most explosive running backs in terms of like 10 plus yard percentage, mm -hmm. 15 plus yard percentage. Um, coming out of college, he, he had one of the highest yards per route run. He was right there up there with Rashad White. Um, and he had the highest yards per touch as well coming out of that draft class. So he's somebody who's who can be super efficient. They draft him in the second round. He got the draft capital. Uh, they only have, you know, Damian Harris is, seems like the uh, clear RB2 behind him at this yeah. point. Um, but he's not involved in the passing game at all. Yeah. 
Uh, so, you know, I think it's going to be James Cook's show. He's being drafted like the ninth round right now. He is like a priority target for me. Yeah. Jeez. You can even, I wouldn't even mind reaching like a round early. Like me too. Like 100%. Like round yeah. one. Like good he is like, going to. Yeah, second overall. He, he's going to move up. He's yeah. going to move up. So like if you're drafting right now, you can get away with eighth, ninth round. I have a feeling that he's going to move up to like the sixth, seventh round. So I should make my, my uh, league mates draft right, now, right, right now, now, tomorrow. In my opinion, like if you, <laughs> if you know what's going on, it's way better to draft, draft early. early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm always scared of it the, the though because like injuries, everything. Yeah. But not that. It's like. I know I can't convince them either because like they they know that I'm in it so they're like hell no dude like we're gonna wait until the very last minute and I, draft. yeah I, people text me like I can't <laughs> wait to steal all your picks because listening to episodes but you know what there's not like the injuries suck like the like yeah. the season long like what happens in training camp preseason but like there's not that many of them you know yeah and sometimes I guess it, the more thing like J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards last year is like Jesus that fucks yeah that sucked right obviously but like yeah you know I don't know I, I it doesn't happen so often like you might get fucked like here and there but. I think for, you're going to get a huge edge, though, if you know what you're talking about early, you know? So that, that's kind of how, like how I like to do it. Um, I talked about Jake Ferguson already, Brandon yep. Cooks, too. Like, mm. you know, he looks like the clear wide receiver, too, there. Yeah. They have a, there's a real connection between mm. him and him and Dak. Um, yeah, you know, Calvin Ridley. I was going to say Calvin Oh, Ridley. yeah. Crazy Doug boy. Peterson, like, himself said that, you know, there were, he was asked, like, who are your standouts? He mentioned somebody on defense I don't care about, and then he mentioned – Calvin really is a standout on offense. And like, dude, like so you already have Christian Kirk. Good. You know, you already have a good tight end. You already have, you know, Evan Ingram. You already have, you know, Zay, Zay Jones. And like, you know, so if you're going to call out Calvin really, that's what we want to hear. Mm. You know, um, he looks different though. You, you guys saw, saw the video. Yeah, he, he looks too. He looks like slightly big. Yeah. And like Zay Jones, like, you know, they're both running the oh same route. Yeah, oh, shit. that <laughs> video was crazy. We, were, we watched it on the podcast oh yesterday, but we went stupid with yeah. that. Oh my God. It was, you know, it, it looked like you were fat. You fast forwarded like 10 X, yeah. right? So. You know, he's going to be that guy. He's, it seems like, you know, he was all, he was an alpha receiver as soon as he came into the league. He nice. challenged Julio for targets, um, you know, when Julio was actually good. And now you're in a situation where, you know, he could potentially get to 26%, 27% target share because mm -hmm. he is that alpha receiver. And that Trevor would obviously Lawrence bump down Christian. Step too. And on oh top, yeah, there's so many reasons to there's like how so many things to reason. If Trevor that. Lawrence takes that step forward, like you said, it's going to be bananas. And Doug Peterson's a great play caller too. You so know you're, drafting, you're drafting really in the third? I, I, because oh that's, that's, I feel it's like, like he was like, at the fourth, fifth. And yeah. Then, and now it's, his I think third rising. is like, man, it's tough, man. I think late third is like the earliest I would probably go on him. But at the end of the day, man, if you draft him in the third and he is who we think he's going to be, like even the middle of the third round is still a good price for him. Yeah. All right, stock down. Who are some guys that stocks lose? Um, uh, Kadarius Tony's the biggest one, obviously. Mm. Like you know, he got hurt already. Already, like this it's dude. It, you know, I'm not. A, I'm not. I hate to label people uh, players as injury prone right. because I. I think the label gets thrown a lot, thrown around way too much. Where yeah, it's like you know, when injuries are indicative of future injuries, that's when I'm like, okay, cool. But like you know, you really got got to get into yeah. the details. But Kadarius Tony, man, the dude just can't stay healthy, right? Yeah, so yeah. he was like, you know, there was a lot of hype around him being like the Chiefs wide receiver one, this and that. But now it just seems like. You know, he's going to be out for the rest of the offseason. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll be back for week one. We'll see. But am I, I'm just, like, taking him off my draft yeah, board at I'd this point. Be, I'd, rather be, I'd rather be wrong on Kadarius Tony and have him pop off for someone else than draft him and be upset. I agree, 100%. Yeah. And you have other receivers there that you could potentially, you Rishi know. Rice? You know, hey, Rice. I think Sky Moore. So as of right now through camp, you know, Sky Moore is also a little bit of a riser just because of the fact that he was able to take a little bit of that opportunity mm -hmm. from Kadarius Tony. Mm -hmm. But also, they were already going to give him opportunity regardless, right? Yeah. Right now, um, he, out of... The, all those other guys like MVS is going to be on the field, but he's not fantasy. He's not a fantasy guy. You're not going to draft him um, and expect much. Um, Justin Watson, you know, same thing with him. You're not going to expect much there. Fuck but that. but I think it makes the most sense for Tony to slide into that 